Citizens of Natstown is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus, with departure stations at Clyde's and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon, the Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the Ballpark Bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at at ballparkbus. And welcome to Citizens of Natstown uh, from a new locale, uh, temporary for the evening. Okay, um, you can admit where it is. It is in my mother's basement. Uh, no, no, he's he's not thirty and nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> house sitting people. Uh, <laughs> a likely story, but anyway, it's what I like to tell. Trying you to vouch for you. I don't know if it's working. So, uh, the pretty short week as far as baseball for us um yeah. four games we had a rain out we had a travel day out to the uh out to the west coast um i mean a lot of stuff kind of happened um actually we should probably just start with the the zim injury and then we'll go from there uh i mean i don't know when it when it happened i, I wouldn't say i was necessarily worried about it at first i was a little perplexed like why was zim scratch it was a bit perplexing it was Minutes before game time. Yeah, and I mean, you know, had he just had the day off, I wouldn't have thought twice about it, probably. Right, but they had the lineups but out. They had the lineups out, you know, the regulars were in there, and suddenly you hear them scratched, and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> and they did an x-ray, which showed no structural damage. I'm guessing they mean bone structure there. Uh, yeah. And so then it turned out that... He wasn't. He was supposed to be back in the lineup Tuesday. Took batting practice. Didn't feel so well. So they did an MRI, which again showed no structural damage. This time, muscle and tendon structure. Well, they, they did see. And then there's inflammation. The inflammation around the AC joint. Yeah. Um, there's an AC joint. That. I mean, it's uh, it's painful. Um, actually, I, having gone through it, I don't know how it's affecting him at the bat, but not throwing. Um, because the, the joint itself is so you can pull your arm above your head. Yeah. So you would think, unless you're a, a sidearm guy, which puts most of the strain here. Zim kind of used to be a sidearm guy. He's gotten he away from yeah, that, though. And, and he has that new, much slower yeah, yeah, overhand. Yeah. More accurate, at least. Yeah. That's really what yeah. they were going yeah. for. Yeah, but... You know, it's basically he jammed his shoulder. Yeah. And he did it by doing going after all those. I'm sure it had to be one of those play. those amazing plays he yeah. went down. I mean, you know, they look like they kind of sting a little bit. Like that one yeah. where he he dove headlong for what was it? Who it was against the Reds where he just. Yeah, we remember. It was Ludwig. Yeah, I, I want to. <laughs> that wouldn't be the right shoulder though, would it? It's his right shoulder. That Anything was, that he's diving for, would be, he'd be landing on his left. Well, but well, he dove kind of like landing uh, because he, he he dove towards the line. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So he, he then right. landed on his right shoulder, but he's done that a numerous times over the years. And yeah, it's probably just sort of a culmination of all that. And it's 
you know, they don't feel it's bad enough where they have to DL him, so they feel he's going to probably be back this weekend. Well, and, and they did, They haven't ruled out putting him on the DL yet either. They've simply said if he's on the DL, it's not going to be long. Well, it is, it's retroactive to Yeah, that. no, I mean, so right. if he does go on the DL, it's not going to be long. It, but it'll I mean, definitely be a short trip. Yeah, and, you know, that's a good thing and all, but, I mean, let's face it, it, it it's, it's not really a bad thing, I guess, you know. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because we love to watch them play, but, hey, it could be worse. Yeah, it could have torn an abdominal muscle. Yeah, I mean, we. I know the first thing that people think of this, though, is LaRoche last year. Yeah. That, oh, it's not bad, and then it turned out to be catastrophic. And I, I really don't think that's no, the case. No, I mean, I, I, LaRoche was a very different case. He had a legitimate tear that was identified tear, after. It. Yeah, and he tried to do that. You know, I mean, he wouldn't have been the first player to do it. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez did it. Uh, Pool holes. A couple of years ago, ruptured his UCL, mm. and he played through it. And then he needed Tommy John surgery, and then he just never got it. <laughs> I don't know what happened with that injury there, <laughs> but it's really weird that he just sort of he got better. Yeah. Of course, Pujols is a freak of nature. Yeah. I guess all Major League Baseball players are in a way. I mean, that dude came back from a broken wrist in what a month? Yeah, no, that was that was Two freaky. He was on the, they put him on the 15-day DL. He said this was going to be an eight-week injury. As soon as the 15 days were up, he was back. Which is absurd. Yeah. I remember reading about that, too, because uh, who was it? Chris Carpenter? Or, forgot who it was on the team said. They asked Albert Poole, so how are you feeling? He said, shake my hand. Grab him by the hand and jerk the guy up and down. All right, that's <laughs> a hard thing to do with a Major League Baseball player. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at the – I mean – a lot of guys, you know, want to compare that. Like, oh, I've had this injury before, all right, but they're not high class athletes. Mm-hmm. These guys, their bodies are just <laughs> completely different from you know yours and mine. Like <laughs> yours truly. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, you're exactly like them. There. <laughs> yeah. I know you. I know you wake up dreaming at night. Wake up feeling no, but just face it, TJ. Face yeah, it. yeah. No, and these guys. I mean, and not to mention that they have a, a full time medical staff. Yeah. That, that's their job is to get them back from whatever it is. Though I do so. believe, though I am a firm believer that it is comically enjoyable to uh, uh, compare the Nationals team doctor to Dr. Nick from The Simpsons, because it sure, <laughs> sure seems that way. <laughs> it does seem, but if you look around baseball, if you look at the injury report for all 30 teams, uh, yeah, no, it's and fairly it, similar. It, it's, not, it's not uncommon for a team to say, no, our guy's straight, you know, he's, he's going to be fine, he'll be back in a couple of days. You don't want to. You don't want the fans to lose hope. I mean, that's. Yeah. If you look at what happened with Carl Crawford, it's his wrist hurts. He'll be back soon, and it's um, <laughs> there might be something wrong. We're sending him to Doctor James Andrews. Yeah. He's missing the season. Yeah. That that's our uh, you know Chase Utley who's out in God knows where, just wandering around a desert somewhere, and no one knows actually what's wrong with him besides that his knee and hip hurt. I know what's wrong with him. He's old. <laughs> well, I was going to say he's Chase Utley. <laughs> That's a big problem. <laughs> he's a good baseball player, but he's still Chase Utley. Yeah, it worries you when guys like him age rather quickly. Or exist. Because <laughs> you look at Chipper Jones at... 40 years old as an OPS over 900. No, you, you got that's that's where you got to give big credit to Chipper Jones. I make jokes about him a lot. Old Larry, he's over the hill, but I guess it's better to be over the hill than to be buried under it. So yeah, yeah. 
And kudos to him. He's had a nice career to this point. So. Well, uh, moving into uh, the week that was. The week that was. Um, and Friday, that were not. last Friday, uh, we actually we kind of covered this because we were kind of in the middle of the game while we were uh, recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat Miami 2 nothing. Detweiler gets the wins and brought a loss. Uh, hot rod with the, with the safe. Um, Detweiler again looking. No, he's he's been sharp. He's been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you know, fantastic. I uh, I was happy when the Nationals put him in the rotation, and uh, but still at the same time, you know, a little you know waiting to see what he was going to do, simply because you know he'd been in the rotation before, he hadn't been stellar, but he really showed promise at the end of last season, and uh, that's what I thought the Nationals needed to let him build on and I'm glad they let that happen. So. The one thing I was curious about with him um <clears throat> was what happened what would happen when adversity comes in. Right. And I think we really saw that with the Reds game. I mean he, I he gets absolutely screwed in the first inning. But gives up four runs. A, a nice a nice brief peer into the uh, home plate umpire was very <laughs> non Josh Beckett of him. <laughs> and then uh, I mean he came the rest of the game will look great. No, he, he, comes, did, yeah. he comes back to his next game, looks stellar. I Shut mean, out. I mean, yeah, you can't. I, yeah. What more are you asking for? Yeah, kid? exactly. I'll, I'll save my comments on Detweiler until we get to tomorrow night's game, or Saturday's game. Okay, when we talk to him. When he's next him pitching. Bit. But uh, moving on, we had the uh, the game where Zimmerman was, ended up being hurt, which was Steven Strasburg versus Annabelle Sanchez. Which lived up to the billing yes, of a did. pitcher's duel. <laughs> and the Nationals had a two-run lead heading in the into the top inning. of the ninth. Yeah. When Brad Lidge came to the mound. That was a bit frustrating. And did what Brad Lidge sometimes does. You know, I, I know Brad Lidge is an established closer. Uh, so is he spell. Yeah. Well, the, my thing is, like, in my opinion, and this, there's reason I'm not managing in the major leagues. And maybe Davies decided the same thing more recently. You've seen Hot Rod in more frequently in the the safe situations. But I I think I don't think really Lidge is ninth inning material anymore. I he's the second option. I mean if if Rodriguez has gone you know two nights in a row or something, you're gonna agree. Yeah, no, um, I mean, but, but I think the the fans as a whole need to realize that we're throwing Lidge into this Yeah. when this isn't what he was signed for. He was signed it's, to be a seventh inning guy. True. Yeah. And I mean, he put it himself, watch the kids Yeah. Yeah. is, is what he's being paid to do. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're throwing him into a spot that yes, he's been in before, but he's not necessarily that guy anymore. Well, what I think with Lidge is when he gives up a hit, Normally long. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, most, it's a big hit. Yeah. The most memorable image of Brad Lidge. No matter, I mean, forget 2008. <laughs> he was perfect that year, but no one's going to remember that. When his yeah. career is done, people are going to remember him in the fetal position on the mound as Albert Pujols' ball goes over oh. the train tracks. What an am- Just a soul-crushing home run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to describe it. I mean... And he and that that home run he gave up to Zimmerman in uh, two thousand and uh and nine at Nationals Park. Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten, yes. Thank you. Um, that was a long home run. See, I've actually blocked out two thousand nine from my memory bank. 
So I'm like, there has to be. Some I don't. Good I don't know. I don't know how you can black out 2009 and not discredit how or not credit how awful 2008 was. They were both awful. Yeah. But it was just the, the combined 2009 followed 2008. Yeah. And it was just that much awful on top of that much awful. At the end of 2009 was the first. It was the only time I had a ticket to a game. Or I had multiple tickets to games. I looked at the starting pitch-up matchup that day, and I said, no, I'm not going to subject myself to this. No, absolutely not. And that's, that's the only time that's happened. And I just said, no, I'm not going to – no. Now it's actually quite a delight to watch the Nationals pitchers. Yeah, but, which is very odd. But Davey did something in that game on Saturday, which Davey does, and it worked. He – Tom Gorzolani against the Astros was quite bad. Um, he gave up, what, six runs? Mm-hmm. It was quite terrible. And he just goes, all right, Tom, get right back out there. And Tom Gorzolani delivered in the uh, in the top of the 10th, allowed the Nationals to walk off there with Ian Desmond hitting the uh, the um, sacrifice fly. I mean, there, de- there definitely are times where, uh, just like a reliever needs to have a short memory, the, the manager needs to have a short yeah. memory, that kind of stuff. I mean, if he's had... Four bad outings in a row, maybe you skip the guy. But you know he blows up. I mean he had been fairly uh, okay. Um, that's as good as I'm going to put it. Uh, <laughs> up until that point, up until when he came in for Jackson and just imploded. Um, yeah, no, that. Let, let right back I, out there. I feel like he was just following up mediocrity with mediocrity. Yeah. Which give him credit, he was trying to make his starting pitcher look good. Yeah, did okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dave, you brought up. Um, you know, the rotation's fun to watch. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I love Detweiler, but a guy that is fun to watch, Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, no. Who, uh, I who mean, started on Tuesday night, got the win, 3-1, uh, looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. He did, and, and there was a – he looked fantastic, but the bullpen um, on that game, they – I don't want to say they struggled a bit because they gave up one run. <laughs> But Stammen it's not a bad in. struggle. Stammen, Stammen didn't in. get an out. He walked, he, the out. Fir- he walked the first guy, gave him a hit. He was pitching well. His pitches were hitting where he intended them to hit, and he, he looked like he was pitching well, but things just weren't going his way. And then they brought in Clippard, and Clippard had a very gutsy performance. I slept about 18 hours this day. <laughs> so I... Uh, I saw the end half of the game. I saw the last bit of uh, Gio Gonzalez. And uh, I, you know, when Chad Tracy got the hit for the two the two runs, I mean, I thought that was awesome. What I find amazing is Chad Tracy has a negative war. But you can actually attribute two, if not three, of the national victories to Chad Tracy. Yeah, that's true. So maybe, you know, war isn't the best stat for bench guys. I've, uh, I mean, I gotta, you gotta give him, gotta give the guy some credit. He's come off the bench and, you know, he's been, he's what the team has been looking for, more specifically what, uh, David Johnson's been looking for in a guy off the bench. Somebody who can come off the bench and get a hit. And not to mention, uh, Tracy got us those two runs, but the score was three to one. Rick Ankeel also came off the bench and gave us no, I'm sorry, off the bench and gave us a hit, and that was cool. I mean, like you know, I I, I just thought that was awesome, you know. Yeah, so that was 
it was good. And then you now we move on to last night's game, where once again we have a pitcher who's fun to watch on the mound, and Jordan Zimmerman. Yes, he is. And Jordan <laughs> Zimmerman is the, uh, as cliche as it is, it's the best term for him, the bulldog of the rotation. He is. He, he never shows any emotion. A lot, of, a lot of people like to make the joke how he never smiles. I'd like to point out that he only never smiles on the mound. <laughs> if you if you watch him, I mean, if you watch him in post game shows, he's he's got emotion. The reason you might not have seen his smile more frequently in years past is because he never got the in wins. <laughs> okay, and I mean, he's his team is at least not getting him losses in an exorbitant amount that he doesn't deserve, like they were last year. Yes, yeah, so and I mean, you know, he's he's out there. He's with you know a good group of guys. He looks like he's having some fun. I mean, if you can actually watch him and tell whether or not he's having fun. But, I mean, you know. I don't think he has fun on the mound. I think he just, it's his job, (laughs) and he's just merciless to the hitters. He goes right after them. He's the one that just, he doesn't get cute with anybody. I I have to disagree. I mean, I think he's having some fun. Obviously, he doesn't get cute. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because. You know, at times, like I said, I think he throws too many strikes. It seems, but I think he was he was almost toying with the Padres yesterday because well, I, I was listening to the radio broadcast and they were talking about how many changeups he was throwing. And that's I was thinking the same thing. On. I was thinking the same thing because you know he was throwing there was at at bats where he was throwing off speed, off speed, off speed strikeout. That's <laughs> almost you know, to a team. You're you're just basically saying to them, you're you're so much worse than me. I'm going to use this game to work on a pitch. And, well, I mean, you're talking about a guy who 60, 50, 60% of the time, something like that, some large percentage, he throws his 94-mile-an-hour fastball. And he, the number of times, that, I mean, he threw his off-speed stuff a lot last night. He was throwing the curve. He was throwing the changeup. He was throwing the slider. And he's he's getting outs. And, uh, I mean, he didn't even, I mean, <laughs> he came out in the sixth, you know, the seventh inning. You know, they took him out after the sixth inning. Yes. And he, he had a lot of pitches. I mean, for, he didn't have a lot of pitches. Was it like a 90? He, 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 was, he was around the low 90s, uh, but he could have gone another inning. I don't, I'm not saying he couldn't have gone. They, uh, but they took him out because it's the NL and they wanted offense. Right. And it was the right move. Yeah, it, uh, it worked like a charm. Well, actually, yeah. Mombardozzi made it out, but the guys after him. And can I point out something else here? The team actually scored runs for this guy, and he got in on his own run scoring. He yep. did. He that was that was kind of neat. He's, well, he wanted to win. So. Well, yeah, no, I mean the the thing is like uh, I, I kind of laughed because didn't they walk Roger Bernadino to get the Jordan Zimmerman? They did, and then he got that hit. And I was like, I, I kind of laughed. I was like, you're you're walking Roger Bernadino? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it always does. I I like it when they do that, even when the pitcher makes an out, because they've just done you a favor by turning over your line. Right. I mean, come on. Roger Bernadina has just not been hitting this season. I mean, the only thing he has going for him right now is that we, Jamie Carroll is now in the minors. Yes. Brett Carroll. Uh, yeah. Brett Carroll. Brett Carroll, not Jamie Jamie Carroll, Carroll is in the minors, but that's the <laughs> we, Twins. I mean, he's, he's not on their minor. He's on their major league. Yes, team. but he's, he's in the minors. He's on the Twins. Oh. <laughs> we were talking about Jamie Carroll yeah. earlier. Uh, Brett Carroll is in the minors. Um, and that that speed guy off the bench, the pinch runner type guy, that's Bernardino right now. I mean, he can play the field if we need him to do so, but that's kind of he's a, he's a late defensive role. replacement after somebody's been pinch hit for. 
I mean, you know, I'm sorry to say it, but Roger Bernardino is just never to this point, And, you know, I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I might be proven wrong tomorrow. I could be proven wrong tonight. He's just he just hasn't put it up together at the plate, at least not to this point. Um, will he? he well, he, he hasn't really put it together in the field either. That's uh, uh, he he does his Bernardino two step, two steps back whenever he sees a ball. Uh, and then starts taking a poor route to the ball. I, I haven't. I mean, maybe I just haven't paid as much attention to Bernardino this. And well, he hasn't been in as many games either. But like a couple of games there, it looked like he was taking better routes. He still steps back. He still okay. He still he sees the ball coming, takes step if not two back, and then comes in on the ball. Yeah, and he, what he's got going from there is he's got the speed to make up for it. But that's yes. you know when. You know, I think we talked about this before with we Carlos did. Beltran, where yeah, you know, he never does. He, he, he sh- the the best center fielders are the ones who don't make the spectacular plays because they don't have to. So. Yeah, it's it's not the web gym. It's just it's the out. They make it look routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Tell me which starting pitcher I'm describing. A first round pick, tall left hander, that throws in the mid 90s with a Sweeping breaking ball. Ross Dallin. Yes, and Clayton Kershaw. Ah. Yeah, it's actually interesting to me that it took Detweiler a while to put it together, and maybe he hasn't yet. Maybe he has. But his scouting report from the draft read the exact same as Clayton Kershaw's. Now I, I heard this somewhere recently, and I don't know how true it is. But I heard that lefty, and you know, I mean, you look at Kershaw, and it doesn't necessarily sound true. But uh, I heard that lefties have a tendency to sometimes develop a little bit slower. People probably say that because of Randy Johnson. Okay. I mean, he took forever to develop. Okay. I think he had most of his wins in his career came after the age of thirty. <laughs> well, Detweiler didn't really develop slower. I mean, he he was hurt. Yeah. No, that's and that's then he had free. to. Really, he, I mean, he said it himself. He was when he came back from that hip injury that he ended up having surgery with. Uh, he was tentative and basically pitched to not get hurt. Ross Detweiler did really well in spring training in before the 2011 season, mm-hmm. and then he got options to the minor leagues for. He got he hurt his hip. No, that was 2010. Last year he pitched well. He pitched well in spring training. Then he did mediocre in the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. But then he got the call up and he was good. But he was in the bullpen for a little while. And then Davey put him in the rotation. And, yeah. It was Davey that really said, you know, this is the guy I want. I see the potential in this guy. I believe in him. And then he told him, pitch with more conviction. I, I You know, and I, I'm wondering... Steve McCaddy and uh, David Johnson must must know the right things to say to these guys because they seem to really be blossoming under these two guys. And, I mean, Steve McCaddy's like, throw strikes. David Johnson's like, don't suck. Arr. And, I mean, it must just be the way they say it. It must be very eloquent to these guys. Well, I, mean, I just imagine that, <laughs> Steve, that McCaddy's coming out to the, you know, to the mound when, you know, they get the mound visit. He's just, Really? Yeah, no, it's because sometimes you see his body motion, his his arms are crossed, his head shakes, he's like, what are you doing? No, stop. I remember one time, I want to say it was uh, when Henry Rodriguez first showed up, and uh, Steve McCaddy comes out to the mat, like Henry Rodriguez, you know, throwing fire, but everywhere, and uh, Steve McCaddy comes out like, no, 
no. And I swear to God, all I saw him say was no, like five <laughs> times. And, and, and you just see Henry Rodriguez looking there, just nodding, just nodding, just nodding. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's some people that will tell you what to do, like throw strikes. And then there's others that will tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. The ones that tell you how to do it are the ones that are good. Uh, and I think that in their practice sessions and in their throwing, Steve McKetty probably goes over with how they should go about throwing strikes. I believe that. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like as a pitching coach, that's what a good pitching coach would do. And, it, you know, obviously being able to defy or, I'm sorry, identify uh, issues with mechanics and whatnot. Yes, but this Dodgers series, getting back to the games yes. that we're talking about, uh, it is going to be, I don't know if I want to say it's the best offense the Nationals have faced, but uh, it's the one that's doing the best this season so far. It's the Reds the might highest. The Reds might be better when the season's over, but uh, they are facing the hottest hitter on the planet right now. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm interested to see what our guys do against uh, Matt Kemp. That will definitely be exciting, I think. Uh, it will be. And uh, don't forget Jerry Harrison Jr. <laughs> J.H.J. Yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> I love J.H.J. He, right. he definitely he definitely earned he definitely earned my respect last year. When he sent out texts that he was ready to get out of D.C. when he was traded? I did not know he did that. Yes. Yes, he okay. was pumped to get out of D.C. So, yeah. That, I did not know he did that. I could care less for that guy. Um, Against Kershaw. Uh, the Nats hitting not that great. Uh, Who does? <laughs> 213, 268, 320. Uh, six walks, 23 strikeouts. Um, not a lot of plate appearances against the guy. Uh, Zim's got over 1,000 OPS in 11 attempts. Um, Desmond's got over 1,007. And then uh, actually Craig Stammen owns Clayton Kershaw, is two for three against him. Really? <laughs> That's impressive. Maybe we should put Stammen in right field that day. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Stammen's actually a good. Uh, he's a, he's good a good hitting hitter. pitcher, so that okay. that uh, that does not surprise me. Both, it, you know, I want to say there's at least a couple. I mean, you know, it used to be uh, Levo. He was a good hitting pitcher, but uh, the two that come to mind right now are probably uh, Craig Stammen and Jordan Zimmerman as our best hitting pitchers. Um, Edwin Jackson got a hit the other day. Uh, <laughs> uh, so did Geo debt waiting for you, buddy. <laughs> Got to keep up with the crowd. I think I think uh, Jordan Zimmerman was the last one to get a win. Detweiler was the last one to get a hit. Even Tom Gorzolani has a hit. Yeah. Detweiler and Tom Gorzolani has a save. <laughs> True three um, And just wrapping that up, Kershaw. I uh, want to know with the one six one uh, going against Detweiler, uh, who's two and zero at the point five six ERA. Uh, Detweiler so far against the guys that are on the Dodgers, 125, 300, 125. Um, four walks, two strikeouts. Uh, it's basically a, a game that he's played against them. So uh, then we uh, we go on to Saturday. Saturday is uh, the battle of big right-handers. One's much bigger than the other, though. It is uh, Steven Strasburg versus Chad Billingsley. And uh, Strasburg's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he, he's all right. I've seen this guy before. Yeah, he's been good this season. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, that will be the matchup where it will be very interesting because it will be Strasburg dealing with the Dodgers lineup. Wait, wait, wait. Now, I have one question. How did, I was looking at this today. How did they only have 13 plate appearances against the Dodgers? Be, 
because uh, they're out west and they don't play them that much. Yeah, yeah but, but, but if he has one start, who? Oh, you know why? Probably because that the, was his the, that the, was the day he came back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, he went four innings. Yeah. That's right. And, that makes sense. Uh, I remember that because okay. old. Tony Gwynn Jr. Tony Gwynn Jr. Yeah. Stuff legends are made of. Uh, no, but you know, you know what's funny to me, or what, what sticks out to me here is the uh, 154, uh, the 154 batting average and on base percentage. The walks. And the, the the exceedingly gorgeous 231 slugging percentage. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Strasburg is a pretty good pitcher. Uh, Billingsley is uh, the Nets have done okay against him. If it, uh, as a whole, 236, 312, it's really the slugging percentage that is good is 447. So they don't hit him often, but they hit him hard. Yeah, I yeah. believe that. <laughs> you know why? Because John Lennon can cream this guy. <laughs> John Lennon doesn't care if your name is Clayton Kershaw. He'll put it in the seats. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that was hilarious. I, I thought I was just drunk that night. I mean, I was, but <laughs> I had had to make sure it was just beer I was drinking. Yeah, that, that was, was an entertaining, uh, entertaining night. Long ball landing. Long ball landing. Um, and actually, two guys that actually hit pretty pretty well against Billingsley here. Um, LaRoche, 25 like plate appearances, mm-hmm. uh, over a thousand OPS. And then uh, in 23, worth at 9.35. Ah. And talk about two guys that we'd like to continue their start. Yes, yes. Way to do I, I mean, especially against a good pitcher, you know. Um, I mean, you know, LaRoche, I mean, he's he's seen Billingsley more probably because, uh, I mean, he played for Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's good. That's a good number. I like it. Well, the next day starter for the Dodgers is going to be Gio Gonzalez versus Chris Capuano. And Chris yeah. Capuano is a type of pitcher that when he's on, he makes you want to beat your head against the wall because he walks a lot of guys. And then he strikes them out. So it'll be like that Jonathan Sanchez game in the Giants I believe, last year? I believe that happened against Chris Capuano when he was on the Mets last year, too. That's infuriating. <laughs> yeah. But you see, I try and forget these things. He, uh, I mean, Gio is on quite a roll, though, now. He's been doing quite well, and uh, yes. I think really what it comes down to, as anything comes down to, can our starting pitcher make it so that the Nats don't have to score that many runs for that? Well, and, and you look at these numbers, uh, Gio Gonzalez and 29 plate appearances. Uh, I mean, you can chalk it up to pitching for Oakland, some interleague games probably. Uh, 292, 414, 583, That's five not walks, very seven good. Those, no. those numbers aren't too pleasant. But it's probably in about one game. And I mean, two games. our numbers against Capuano, yeah, I mean, his are a couple more games. I mean, we have 29 strikeouts against the guy. Yeah. Um, and one, one walk. Yeah. Wow. But we're, uh, we're hitting 302, 326, and 558 slugging against the guy. So we hit him fairly often, and we hit him is hard. That our, is that that's with our current? That's the current lineup current against him. Yeah. All right. Zimmerman with a 1,600 OPS. Hopefully that's pretty awesome. <laughs> hey, Nady, Nady, you know what? I hope to see Nady get a couple of hits across of this guy. I think Nady had the most plate appearances against him. 14. Yep. I believe so. And uh, Espinoza, seven plate appearances and a 1286 OPS. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see Espinoza get some more uh, some more uh, 
extra base hits. I mean, you know. That I'm, would be nice. Or hits, for that matter. He's, he's Did he get like one he's starting night? to come around? He's, he's, he's been hitting the ball hard. He's been yeah. he's been lining it. I think uh, that that uh, vacuum of doom out that they have in the outfield out there, Will Venable took a hit away. I, I, I want to say, did he get a hit last night or the night before that? I, I feel like he got a hit. Like, uh, it wasn't anything spectacular. He's gotten a hit before this year, so yeah. Well, no, I mean... He got a hit or a walk last night because he came out of score. Right. I forget he which got, one it was. He was on base a couple times last night. No, yeah. He, he's been getting Desmond walked. and Espinosa I mean, base twice that's the one thing you got to credit Espinosa with. He's been getting on base. Yes. Then the Nationals come home to face the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were the surprise team of baseball last season. We face them on Tuesday. Yes. We get a travel day. Um, I would hope they'd give them a travel day. Uh, I know. they they yeah. got they got to teleport. <laughs> yeah. You know they invented that specifically for Major League Baseball players. I was looking at something else. Um, it's Arizona that doesn't get a travel day coming here. Hmm. And that they play somebody at home, and then they don't get a travel day. I'm almost positive on That's that. That's a bit harsh. Yeah. Uh, That's a harsh. When I was looking up the rotation, Josh Coleminter is not having a very good season. Oh, God, he is zero and two with a nine point eight two ERA. He, he improved hey, hey. to nine point eight two. Hey, nine. hey, uh, you know. <laughs> Coleman, wait, wait, wait. This is, a, this is a recap on Coleminter. Coleminter threw the ball better than he had in his previous starts, but gave up six runs on nine hits, including two home runs. No walks though. Ah, well, no walks. But, I mean, that is – he improved to giving up six runs. Well, look at uh, – so Jordan Zimmerman is going to be pitching that game. Uh, his numbers aren't don't look amazing against the Arizona Diamondbacks. 294, 368, 412. Three walks and five Ks. Um, well, 294, 368, 412 is not <laughs> – It's not – it's just – all this is small samples. Because you look 38 yeah. plate appearances. That's that's two maybe three games. Yeah, but I mean, and he did have times where he struggled in both of his or all three of his seasons. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you get that with any pitcher, and I mean, uh, that's, I mean, is this the one game he struggled? Yeah, no. You're right. It used to be St. Louis, but Albert Pujols is gone now. It's, it's you can't really <laughs> say he struggled with any one team because when Jordan Zimmerman is on, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, and any hitter is going to have trouble with him. I don't think there's really a weak link in the Nationals rotation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying... None of them should struggle against any team when they have their best day. True. Um, but, you know, you look at uh, the Diamondbacks lineup is really good. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is this just... Is true. He's a monster. Um, they have Justin Upton, who's become one of the best players in baseball. Chris Young is hurt right now. Um they have Montero behind the plate, who's good. They have uh, Ryan Roberts, who's uh, who came out of nowhere, really, to to be quite good. Uh, the only positions right now with Stephen Drew is still out. They're missing at shortstop and second base. They have holes with Chris Young hurt. They have a hole at uh, at uh, well, they probably put Parr in center field. So they really don't have a hole there with him and Kubel in the outfield, up in, in right field. And uh, Dan Hudson's hurt too, but we don't actually bear the fruit of that with this uh, this time yes. through. Yes, uh, the next game is Edwin Jackson against uh, Cahill. Trevor. Trevor Cahill. Yes. Um, Cahill sitting at one and two with a three seven. 
uh, Edwin Jackson, uh, 1-1 with a 4-2-6. Jackson's actually going tonight, so these numbers will change uh, quickly. <clears throat> now, wouldn't it have been fun, though, if it had been Gio Gonzalez versus Trevor Cahill? There's two former Oakland pitchers. Yeah. Things just didn't line up that way, did they? Uh, and even with... Us. Yeah, even with the rain on it, it wouldn't have helped. No. It just would have made it a day closer, not quite, though. Um, we've only had six uh, plate appearances against Cahill. Um, LaRoche is two for three with two doubles, and uh, Tracy's one for two with a walk and a double. Uh, nothing that we can draw on there. Um, but yeah, Edwin Jackson has faced them 116 plate appearances. It's because he's played for 40 teams in his career. Yeah, so. <laughs> including the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And he uh, and he ended up he threw the no hitter as a Diamondback. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, he has they're hitting off of him two fifty, two ninety three, three eighty nine, seven walks and nineteen strikeouts. Not bad. I mean, not stellar numbers, but not bad. Right. Well, I mean, they're not hitting him all that well. The Nationals at some point in time this year are going to lose a series. And it says you. And I, I know, think right? These two upcoming series are fairly tough. The eternal pessimist over here. They're against, you know, the Dodgers right now are, are I don't know about one the, of the best teams in the NL. I don't know about the D backs one. I, I think the Dodgers one is definitely one that we could drop well, the D-backs, two of three. The D backs were, you know, they were the best team in the NL West last year. And they've been playing okay to start the season. <laughs> what? The nine nine eight two ERA isn't good? But that's, 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 that's the one weak link in there. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, the next day. We have uh, Ross Detweiler versus John Lan- I mean, Joe Saunders. Oh, yeah. Uh, and John Saunders. I, I mean, yeah. Yes, John Lan- Saunders. Lons- <laughs> uh, <but laughs> Joe uh, Lannon. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, um, West Springfield High School grad. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to Virginia Tech as well. Yep. He is uh, pitching well to start the season with a is one and one with a one point two nine ERA. But he's still Joe Saunders. And at some point in time he's gonna get out of bed in the morning and he's gonna look in the mirror and he's gonna realize he's Joe Saunders. And he's gonna go out on that mound. And he's gonna remember I'm pitching to major league hitters as Joe Saunders. Yes. And it's not <laughs> gonna look as good as a one point two nine ERA. And you know, Detweiler again his numbers will be different by then, but that O point five six ERA, that's gonna change at some point Two, uh, it may not go to an astronomical number, and may go stay as a very good number. But I don't think anyone's finished the season with an 0.56 ERA. And uh, one thing I want to, you know, do you guys mind if we touch on tonight's game just as a, I mean, just as quick talk, something to talk about? Yeah. <clears throat> You're gonna talk about the Padres and touching on stuff? I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> I feel like it's something I should have said. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, we've got Jackson. Who are we going up against tonight? Oh, I didn't look in all honesty. It is uh, it is the, the one guy that one guy with that, a face. that you've heard of, Edison Volquez. Edison Volquez, yes, right. that's right. Came over in the uh, Reds trade for Matt Laketos. Yes. Um. Well, I wanted to bring it up because uh, you know, a lot of people were very unhappy after Edwin Jackson's last game. Um. I don't really think that one game is, is a fair judgment of Edwin Jackson. I think if there's one team he can at least do okay against, it's the Padres. Well, do okay against, or do okay with. 
do okay pitching. Oh, again. Jackson, not Volquez. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, uh, the Padres own him. Do they? I uh, we we uh, I had the stats last week. Um, yeah, they they. Oh. I think it was only it was like sixty plate appearances. So I mean, it was a couple games. Um, yeah, they uh, they hit at, hard and well, often. That's current and, Padres, but yeah, um, because hmm. that wouldn't include Adrian Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. But you know, that may have been pitching some in Chase Field, which is much more of a hitter's park. Yeah. Than uh, Petco, and you know maybe he's going to be fairly good in Petco, but we will find out a little bit later tonight. Yes, we will. And um, you know, keep talking. I need talking uh, about looking up stats, new music, or noise, or yeah. So talking about other uh, topics with the Nationals, their rotation has been very good. I don't think there's a any way to say that their entire staff. Rotation and bullpen has been very good. There, there I, aren't words to quite describe. You're running out. Of, you're running out of words to use to describe what the Nationals are as far as their pitching goes. Because good just doesn't seem to do it justice. Uh, they're all inspiring. Yeah, all inspiring. I good. think they're from a different planet. Is actually what we're dealing with here with these numbers. Fair. Yeah. And Edwin Jackson versus the Padres. They are hitting. Uh, 320 off of ah. him with a 433 on base percentage and a 480 slugging percentage. <laughs> so an OPS of 913 for those of you scoring at home. Jason Bartlett, well, he didn't do well, too well. The guys that did the damage are actually Kristen Norfie and Orlando Hudson, but there's only in three plate appearances. Surely, and uh, oh, there, uh, well, but they're all extra big. Uh, and Hermita. Hermita. Hermita's got an 1100 OPS. Uh, Venable's got a thousand, and then the two. Nick two. Hunley at an 833. So, but those are in fairly small number plate appearances there. Yeah. Now well, maybe this is the night he writes the ship. And we've drinks. seen <laughs> we've seen what Edwin Jackson can do when he's off against the Astros. Yeah. He can make anyone look good when he's having a bad day, but he can also make anyone look stupid. When I he's think having what a good was day. the the biggest bummer about that is he pitches a complete game. Gives up one run, comes back, lays an egg. You know, and, and in all fairness to Edwin Jackson, he gave up five runs in the first inning. Then he gave up nothing after that. Yes. For five, for a total of four innings, he gave up nothing. Well, let's talk about the national pitching staff. Let's try and find words here. Um, I think the only thing that we need to look at is Sean Burnett. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow. No, that that's pretty as pretty negative, true. That's the best way. That's that's probably the best way to react to it he, because I mean he has a negative. Let's just say what we're, he has a negative FIP. A negative. Let's FIP. let's explain what FIP is. That's a, that's a fairly not obscure but a more. It's fielding, that's, that's fielding, fielding, fielding independent pitching. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a, it's it's an ERA like number. They make it like it's yes. basically ERA without the noise. Yeah, it's it's. It's what a pitcher controls, hits, home runs, walks. Not uh, really hits. It's just home runs, walks, strikeouts. Strikeouts, yeah. yes. Home runs, walks, strikeouts. It's also yeah. ground ball percentage part of that. There's, and then innings pitched. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. finally it's, divided by. You can actually look up how it's calculated on Wikipedia. Or you can check out uh, Weege, who decided to lay out exactly how it was done. Thank you, sir, because uh, I used that this afternoon when uh, – Fangrass was a couple days behind. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, 
insane that someone has a negative because it means that a zero ERA is actually he's pitched better than a zero ERA. Yeah, that's yeah. Which you can't pitch better than a zero ERA. Granted, it, it, five and two thirds innings. Well, okay, but still, yeah, small sample size. Yeah. I think it's just, but I, it, it's, it's absurd. It, it's it's oh, almost it's almost like agreed. a punch in the Nationals fans' face from the baseball gods, being like, "You made fun of this guy last year." Boom. <laughs> His OPS against is five hundred. Yeah, that's, that's here's. I mean, that's say, absurd. That's lows on a team. No, no, uh, hot the rod. starters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the starters are the there. Starters. Look at the starters. OPS. Against. Well, let's run down the uh, the big numbers first, and then we'll get into the the other side. Uh, through last night's game, 160 strikeouts and 8.57 K per nine. Um, we we've come down from the astronomical to, uh, I mean, 8.57 would still be difficult to maintain, but sure as hell fun to look at. Yeah, no, uh, it is. And I mean, you know, 160 strikeouts on the season to this point. How long did it take us to get 160 strikeouts for the entire year last year? Now, now here's a whip, 1.03. Yeah. First of the majors. Now, when you look at whip, uh, it takes four bases to score. Yeah. So a 1.03 of one that pitch, means, innings pitch. That means, means they're, they're getting the first first. base, and that's yeah, where they're, they're staying. Getting, in base. Yeah, a base. Hey, it's like, all right, we're feeling generous. Go ahead. Now, uh, teams batting against, they are hitting 200 against this stat, which is first in the major leagues, and I think by a a fairly good margin. OPS against a .553, that's first in the MLB, wow. Yeah, so 60 points ahead of the next closest, which is the St. Louis Cardinals. And that's that's all brought up. You're talking about the the reigning World Series champs. I mean, I know it's early, but... Yeah. Come on. Our pitching staff has a better OPS against than the reigning World Series champs. That's pretty awesome. Well, they're missing uh, their – All right, other... don't ruin it. Just just, just take Clark. that in for – just shut up. Take that in for a second. Okay. Uh, if you look, Edwin Jackson's OPS against actually brings that up, being at .589, even with the bad outing, .589. That's, that's good. But .581. .581, thank you. I, I just – you got dyslexia. Sorry, I know I know those three thousands of a point matter, but uh, um, look at Strasburg, Gonzalez, and Zimmerman's OPS again. Point four six nine for Strasburg, point four two seven for Gonzalez, and point four seven nine for Zimmerman. Just I think Zimmerman, in a way, has been is underrated in a weird because when he was drafted. And when he was coming through the minors, he was the future of the team. He was the ace of the staff. Then they drafted Strasburg, and he sort of overshadowed, overshadowed Zimmerman. I believe I went on a little bit of a rant about this last week. And then <laughs> they, they traded for Gonzalez, and Gonzalez is now overshadowed Zimmerman. Now I think we should put a couple of these numbers into into perspective here. Um, it's a, a a no no a completely average like. This is the number that above it, you're okay. Below it, you really don't belong in the major leagues. A 700 OPS is uh, now taking out position. I mean, right. if you're you know, a, a first baseman, you would probably expect him to be more or a corner outfielder. But the average shortstop, I think, is a 669 OPS. 700 is right yeah. about just for a blanket statement for a on the field. 
you want to be 700. And these guys are currently sitting at, I mean, Strasburg's a 469, Gonzalez is a 427, Zimmerman's a 479. Speaking of Zimmerman, uh, I think nothing speaks more to his dominance here than his pitches per inning pitched. Mm-hmm. What? He's sitting under 13 pitches per inning. What, you know, what he, is the major league average for OPS against? Uh, we can look. Hang on. Yes. Let's uh, look yeah. at the, Go ahead and say what you were going to say because you talked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I talked for a while. <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? Um, no, I mean, you know, and uh, the thing about uh, Zimmerman is, you know, they, they are, I read an in, uh, interview where they talked to him and, you know, they mentioned how last year his, his strikeouts were down. And he said, so. <laughs> and he's, you know, what he's trying to do, he's trying to get out. And, I mean, the, the the pitches per inning, they speak for themselves. That's the lowest on the team. You know, you got Strasburg. He's got 15.1, strike, or 15.1 pitches per inning. Uh, Gonzalez is 14.9. Okay. Jackson's got 13.6. Detweiler has 14.4. Okay, first off, for pitches per inning for any major league staff, that's pretty good. But the fact that Zimmerman has uh, 12.9, I mean, so, you know, there's going to be I, – I just – I pray for it where there's a week where these guys just – they all pitch a complete game in one week. Okay, well, How awesome would that be? Uh, let's just go to the batting and do it there. Yeah, the, the major but, uh, league, the major league average for team OPS uh, is six ninety five. So, <laughs> so you can see that, uh, yeah, Nationals uh, are fairly below um, major league average. So, uh, and here's here's an interesting stat: the Nationals are the ninth most efficient staff with three point seven two pitches per plate appearance, behind Miami. St. Louis, Oakland, Philadelphia, Houston, Cincinnati, Arizona, and Minnesota. Well, that that you know that that's might be a little um, misleading and efficient stat because that might not really mean anything with how good they are because they have 160 strikeouts. Yeah, it takes at least three pitches to strike someone out. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean that's what makes the uh, you know I can talk about Zimmerman for hours, so I'm going to shut up about it soon, but. Uh, that's what makes the 12.9 pitches per inning so impressive, you know. Yes. yes, his strikeouts aren't what they were when he first made his major league debut, which were a lot. But, uh, I mean, you know, he's getting through games. He's going six, seven innings every outing. And Did you guys mention his whip? I believe Matt did. No, I did not mention Jordan. Oh, the whips of the team. What? I'm wow. Like... Okay, okay. Jordan Zimmerman's whip is .07. He's giving up seven. I'm sorry, point seven, zero point seven, yeah. which is less than one base hit. There is not a national inning. starter with a whip over one. <laughs> that I that is that is undescribable how good that is. <laughs> there are not words in the English language. We'd have to sp- start speaking uh, ancient Greek here to describe that. Well, and, and look at this, uh, Zimmerman. Point seven walks per nine. Okay. Uh, Strasburg, 2.2 walks per nine. Jackson, 1.4 walks per nine. Which is yeah. impressive for him. Yeah. And Detweiler, 2.3. Here's the most impressive the, the worst, The worst <laughs> walks per nine, quote unquote worst, is 2.7. And that's by Gio very, Gonzalez. That's well, we were, to, we were told he had control issues. Because right? of where Gio Gonzalez came from with his walk. Yeah. 
And now where he is, and, I mean, Steve McKenney hasn't been working with him that long. Let's see if this continues. I mean, the biggest thing is going to be uh, still, uh, how long can we ride this pitching out? Okay. I, I want to keep going with this and just stop me when you get tired of it. But, okay, K's per nine, uh, Strasburg with nine, Gonzalez with 10.3. That leads the staff, the starting staff. Uh, Zimmerman with 5.3, uh, Jackson with 9.5, Detweiler with 8.4. And you have to imagine Zimmerman is going to come back. Yeah, I mean. Because he's more of a strikeout pitcher than that. He's a career, like, what, seven for nine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, are these where it says walks? These are all the walks that the starting staff has given up. Total. Yeah. Total. Okay. Strasburg with six. Six. In three games? (laughs) Okay. We have, we have innings pitched over the last. Yeah. Uh, so Gonzalez with seven. Jordan Zimmerman with two. Two in twenty-seven two. innings. Two. So his two. So strikeout <laughs> to walk ratio is eight. He's he's thrown eight more sh- or eight times as many strikeouts that's as insane. walks. And Jackson with three. And Detweiler with four. That that's all season to this. Now point. now here's something else. When Jordan Zimmerman gave up the home run to Orlando Hudson last night. That was the fourth home run that the Nationals pitching staff has allowed this year. The fourth. It's it's a, April's almost over. This there you're you're dealing with. What people say it's absurd. That's probably the best way to describe how this staff is pitched. Yeah. Nobody should be this good. It's um, not real. To give you an idea, I'm reading something, listening to something. Um. And uh, I forget where I heard it, but you have to go back to like the early 1900s into the dead ball era, uh, where the Pirates yeah. gave up like four uh, home yeah. runs in a year. Yeah, I read something yeah. like you know it was on it was it was that Fangraphs article. There we go. Yeah, That's what it was. they were like the only other team to do this is the Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just derail this from our notes here. There was an article written on SI today. Yeah, 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 I didn't have a chance to read the article. About how uh, good the Nationals have been, how sort of the plan they had is now coming together. And, you know, if you go all the way back to 2005, there were varying different plans. They first started out with just sort of making, dressing the team up to sell it, and then they had... So that was 2005, and some of in most in 2006 rosters were built that way. Then the 2007 roster was built to be terrible and get the number one pick, which they missed out on. That number one pick was Tim Beckham, who has not made the majors yet and is hurt at AAA currently. Then they uh, continued with the plan of being awful, and Jim Bowden uh, continued to do well on that with getting Millage and Dukes. And uh, 2008 was a Awful year for the Nationals, um, and they they lost 102 games, but they got Strasburg out of it. In 2009, Bowden was gone before the beginning of the season, built absolutely no bullpen, <laughs> and that oh, year was God. the Nationals allowed something absurd, like almost six runs a game. Yeah. It was a really bad year. It was awful, and um, and so they lost 100 games again and got Harper out of it. And you look at the other pitch, the other plays they got later in the draft and all, but they were built to scout and they were building up the uh, the minor league system and they were doing it sort of at the expense of the major league team. 
And there's some um, merit to a team being willing to be that bad, take that much criticism, and just ride it out. And not and, care. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at another team in this town, the Washington Redskins have always, in at least their player moves, catered somewhat to the fan base. Mm-hmm. And all they've ever really done is they've been a 6-10 and 10 and an 8-8 eight and eight team. They've been mediocre. They haven't been the worst team. But, you know, Nationals were terrible. But you sort of see how that pays off. And you have to ask yourself, are you fine having those two really, really bad years and now having good times on the horizon, if not already here? Or would you rather watch the Baltimore Orioles, who win 76 games every year? Well, I did see several people um, comment on this, uh, particularly one of which was saying that he felt that he was owed something because uh, Rizzo basically said that they weren't going to go out and pay for mediocre free agents to come in. And when there was no difference between going, you know, 60 and 102 and going 70 and 92. Yeah, uh, he would rather just bring up somebody from AAA, have them play, and have it play out. And, and I don't think this is anything unique to Rizzo, though. Look yeah. at look at uh, you know, the Minnesota Twins. They you know they brought in Josh Willingham, but they got him for pretty much a bargain. Yeah, and they sort of their pitching staff. They didn't sign any pitchers. It's they, they said, we're going to ride Nick Blackburn and whoever else we have to wherever they take us, and that's probably going to be a hundred losses. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I absolutely agree with the fact that, especially seeing that, I mean, maybe this is me being naive, but them saving the couple million dollars last year, if that can mean bringing in somebody later that actually will help us win when we are trying to win, you know, in 2008 and 2009 and 2010, we weren't coming into it going, this is our year. Yeah, no, I, you know, the Nationals got out of the gate fast in 2010. Everybody was like, oh, is this the Nationals' year? Is this the Nationals' year? Everybody, every fan wanted to believe it was, but it wasn't, you know. Yeah. 2011 is when I, I think it finally started to show that those building blocks that we sucked for were starting to pay off, you know. Um, we we had um, We had a couple guys come up from the minors, uh, Ian Desmond came up in 2009, uh, the end of 2009. Espinosa came up at the end of 2010. Uh, Desmond suffered from a sophomore slump at the plate, but he improved his defense last year. Right. And when you're talking about the plan to put the team together, the plan is Stan Kasten's thing. Let's forget Kasten. Right, right. He, he really he didn't help build this well, team. But, he was more of a detriment. I'm, he was as much of a detriment as Bowden. Well, and really the moment where they started – to really move in the right direction was, was when Bowden resigned. Right. But, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting to see uh, all the all the pieces that have arrived since just 2009. Right. Think about it. Ramos traded uh, Matt Capps in 2010 for Wilson Ramos. Went to the minor leagues right away. Came up. He's our everyday catcher now. He essentially took over from Flores, who is still a pretty good catcher, by the way. Yes. Um because he was injured for so long. That's the only re- that's the only reason Flores is considered the backup catcher. You know, and he's I mean, he's been great at that so far this season. I 
I, I'm still a Flores fan. He's players, the best backup catcher yeah. in baseball. There's and then, players on the major league roster. And then you got from four different GMs. Yep. Okay. Trying yeah. to think. I don't know who the fourth GM, know, GM is. I don't know the player who's he's responsible for. It's Roger Bernardino. It was whoever was before Omar Minaya. It was like 2000, wasn't it? Yes, but Omar Minaya is responsible for Ian Desmond, and then all the rest are Jim Bowden and uh, and Mike Rizzo. And you have to remember that at some point in time, Mike Rizzo was brought in as the scouting director for the yeah. Nationals. Yeah. So you can almost credit him with guys like Espinosa and Zimmerman, who Bowden drafted. I mean, Jordan Zimmerman. No, yeah. Bowden yeah. drafted, but that he was the scouting director. Because we took Rizzo I knew from Arizona in two thousand six. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Jordan Zimmerman came up because Rizzo drafted or scouted him in Wisconsin Stevens Point and yeah, so the dead cold and said, he Hey, a, this kid can pitch. He was the result <laughs> of the non trade of Solana. Yes, yes, because he walked. Yes. And that was uh the best best sandwich pick. <laughs> but do you, I mean, the article was very complimentary of the Nationals and how they've built. And um, I think that they've done a number of things. I mean, they've obviously done things right. They wouldn't have a, a good record right now if they had done things, everything wrong. Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, the old saying is, you know, it's going to get ugly before it gets better. And, you know, you got you got to you got to destroy it before you can rebuild it, you know, and. I think that's exactly what the, the Nationals have done to this point. They have. And uh, if you also, that leads into another, uh, I read a blog post this morning from uh, a credit, Will Yoder of the Nats blog. It was an inter- interesting post about uh, the uh, the Zach Grinke trade that did not happen. I don't, I don't know that it was interesting. It's, it, was, it was a touch late. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. And Jumping the, on the train. The first the thing I minute. thought was, Here's your late pass, sir. I'll sign it for you. <laughs> it, it just, you know, you look at, uh, you know, probably the, the spark was Jordan Zimmerman's outing last night. Who he was one of the, the reported trade was Jordan Zimmerman, Danny Espinosa, and Drew Storen for Zach Grinke. Wasn't there a fourth player involved? There was, a, I think it was uh, Norris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, you look at at what Grinke is, and I looked at the numbers. He has a he has a 4.18 uh, or something like ERA, but he has a fifth under two. So basically, um, and his his bop hip is is point is a 3.81. So basically, um, he's gotten unlucky, and they can't no, field. <laughs> they can't field. Ricky Weeks is the second baseman. Matt Gamble, I don't know how he is at first. I heard he's not very good. They their third baseman, Aramis Ramirez, not Yeesh. very good. Uh, their shortstop is Gonzalez, who is good. Um, their outfield, Braun, not good. Uh, Niger Morgan, I think we all know about that. Hmm. And Corey Hart. I think they've again, been sitting not, Niger Morgan, haven't they? They, they just started that. Hmm. So nice. you, um, who's their other center fielder? Gomez. Gomez. There we go. He's very good. But uh, so he struggles with the plate though. Yes, but Zach Greinke also has a over ten K per nine. So his Basically, if a guy puts it in play against him, they've got a hit this year because that's he doesn't just, allow a lot of balls Yeah, that's just play. bad defense behind He him, is a very good pitcher, and I think, my opinion is he's a better pitcher than Jordan Zimmerman. And that Espinosa is not really 
that special that you can't replace him by signing a free agent that like like Kelly Johnson or someone. Um, and Drew Storen is he's he's a good closer, but he's a closer. Yeah. But you're giving up. You're creating three holes on the team to fill one that we uh, we don't necessarily need to fill. I mean, the most that we're looking to fill in this off season is if you see Detweiler as a five, uh, you know, as a number five. And well, that was that was higher. this was this was past off season. True, but I'm saying uh, even if what we've come to now, I mean, we would have. Uh, I mean, Jordan Simmons a very at the time of the trade. Espinoza was unproven in the majors. He had an under 300 on-base percentage in his September call-up. Uh, and Jordan Zimmerman was just coming off of Tommy John surgery. Drew Storen would have been the most, um, you know, the juiciest piece of that, yeah. of that deal at that time. Uh, what the guys turned into is probably better than what w- was expected for them to turn into. And uh, you know, Grinky is still a very good pitcher. He would have been signed to a long-term deal as part of that that trade. I would still like to see the Nationals add Zach Greinke in the offseason. Signing him is one thing. I, I agree. Yeah, if, I mean, if we could pull him in as a free agent, perfectly okay with that. But as far as we create too many holes I, there, I, you're putting – I mean, even if you're going back, then we have, uh, you know, just a journeyman at second base, and then we're waiting for a – a uh, question that every scout that I've read says that uh, Lombardozzi is a utility guy at best um, for him to blossom into a second baseman. Granted, he's he's been a little better for us than that. Mm. Uh, you're pulling out a closer. We're hoping that um, this was the same offseason as the Willingham trade, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're hoping that this wild fireball yeah. can do anything for us. And then we are also, uh, we're, well, I mean, we're, replacing a starting pitcher with, I mean, you're uh, on a 10-point scale. I mean, Grinke's probably, what, a 9-2, 9-5. He's up there. He's one of the best starters that's out in the majors right yes. now. But you're replacing a, a, what, a 7? A 7 at that point will we'll be, you know, will be a little detrimental right, there. Right, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I thought at the time, and, you know, Putting my my favorite player aside, and I'm being serious when I say this. Okay, um, I mean even 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 then, I feel like you're you're losing a guy who could have developed in Danny Espinoza into being a good second baseman. Given he hasn't really shown the hitting stats to this point, but he's got good defense. Uh, I mean, you're talking about yes, there was, you know, there shouldn't be a lot of drama around trading a relief pitcher. I agree with that, uh, but. I think keeping the pieces that we kept by not acquiring Zach Greinke were more valuable than Zach Greinke. And not to mention, last year we we did well. Yeah, we were right at five hundred. Now here we come into this year. If we don't start off like we are, we could be in the same position that Milwaukee's in. Of he's already saying, um, I'm choosing free agency. Yeah, I'm going to go take whoever's going to give him the most money. Yeah, and hopefully that's the Nationals. Because I, I well, really like Zach Greinke. Oh, yeah, I agree. No, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just Greinke playing at that pitcher. scenario. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to think. Uh, Edwin Jackson's on a one-year deal with us. Yeah, but uh, let's let's get back to, uh, you know, you know all what could happen. But let's look at Gio Gonzalez in that trade. Uh, P. 
Peacock and Norris are tearing up the Pacific Coast League. Yeah. And Tommy Malone now, is doing very well as the Oak in the Oakland's rotation. Uh, is Tommy I mean, Malone has looked very sharp so far. I mean, we knew it before. He doesn't walk guys mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, which I mean, in Oakland, that's really going to help you there. Um, but as far as Norris and um, AJ Lord, Cole, Peacock, Peacock, Norris and yeah, Peacock's down there. But as far as Norris uh, tearing up the PCL, let's uh, let's add a little caveat onto that. <laughs> that is an extreme hitters league, and it's very hard to not tear up the PCL. Yeah. Um. What what is their where's their AAA club at? Sacramento, I want to say. I don't know if that's their AAA. We have to look it up. Yeah, I'd have to go and look at it. But I the PCL as a whole is known as a hitters league, and then I'd have to see what their home uh their home ballpark is. To uh, to actually but see if we you know if Tommy Malone was in the Nationals rotation and he was doing what he's doing for the A's for the Nationals I'm not so sure people wouldn't be making the same argument that that the Nationals won by not doing that trade maybe uh, I mean I don't know I feel like you you gave up you gave up four guys two of two of which had Major League experience. You look at and, and you know, asterisk September Major League experience. Yes. So I mean, I I don't really think it's I don't know. I it just doesn't seem doesn't seem the same. You look at ceilings for reasonable ceilings, and as a reasonable ceiling, Zimmerman's a number two. Storin obviously shows that he can be a closer. Um, the long the, the longevity of those guys uh, questionable. Um, you don't really have a lot of relievers that stay uh, relevant for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Um, and then catchers, uh, no, that's the other trade. <laughs> Actually, no, Norris would have been in both trades. Yeah. Um, catchers, regardless, how long are their knees going to hold up? How long do you have to move from the first base? Yeah. And then Espinosa, we've seen the flashes of what's there. Granted, he's uh, flashes. <laughs> that's exactly what they are is flashes and if he can put it all together just like when we were talking about Desmond mm-hmm. if he can put it together he's the package yeah. the question is, is if he can put it together yes um, the guys we sent out to Oakland they seem like repeats of things we already had yeah. and things that are already locked up three Throughout pitchers three and a catcher four of our pitchers are locked up until 2016 what? and and Tommy Malone was I mean he's probably a better version of John Lannon is what he was. Maybe. Well, that has yet to be. But so he was either John Lennon or a better version of John Lennon. But the issue is, is we know Rizzo and we know his MO. He's never going to stop drafting pitchers. Right. You can never. The the axiom is you can never have too much. Right. Pitching. Never have too much so starting pitching. The the whole thing is, is we got rid of those guys, and granted, they were the R three closest to the majors. That doesn't mean we don't have anybody else that's close to the majors, and really the most that they were going to be, unless they were absolutely destroying pitching at AAA and we had a question in our rotation, that's all they were going to be was, oh, you're the guy that comes up for a couple games while somebody's hurt. And, I mean, look at look at how we got our rotation now and look at look at the last couple of years. Like, how many I, – I swear, there were, there were numerous times I saw the graphic nationals have had this many more pitchers this season than this – Next closest team, you know, we yeah. we led that we led the the entire 
the the majors. We, we led the major leagues with pitchers in, in the number of pitchers that it we was tried. Quite bad. And People, think... but that you got to do that, though, you know. And I mean, you got to you get injuries, and when you're trying to find out who your best guys are, you got to do that. And if I recall correctly, at the end of 2009, we had a six man rotation. Am I right? I don't remember that. I don't know that they officially went to a six-man rotation. Remember they what? may have thrown somebody in to uh, extend the periods, but I, I don't know. I don't believe they ever. I remember there was a point where we had six-man rotation. It was Tommy Malone, Chin Ming Wong, no, Ross Detweiler, Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you said 2009. 2011, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 2011. Yeah, I think maybe that way they did that that way. Um, but it it was a fairly you know both Peacock and Malone did well for Nationals last year and and I think there would still be some people out there that would make that argument if the Geo trade didn't happen but the Geo trade did happen Geo has been very good he's probably going to be very good for years he has much less chance to regress than Tommy Malone does and he's just he's going to be a very fun pitcher to watch and I don't think the Nationals really would have lost either of those trades because sometimes fair trades you don't lose they're just fair they're just I both think, teams get what they need i think the trade with oakland was a really good one Simple, i mean you know at first i was kind of like, oh but i mean we got a really good starting pitcher for some pretty decent prospects i have to say i mean the the baseball side is there the one thing that i think it gave us um that we didn't have uh, the only person that comes to mind that has this is currently sitting in Syracuse is personality. Yeah. Geo is is Mr. Personality. Granted, Storin is a great interview. I've talked yeah. to him. He, he's a great guy. Doesn't they don't normally gravitate to him. Yeah. Um but with Geo being, you know, in the midst of the starting rotation, he's gonna be out there every five days. He's gonna be in the middle of the interviews that are going on. He's there. And it gives us, it gives somebody that not, Zimmerman's the face, I mean, you can go back and forth between Zimmerman's the face, Strasburg's the face, Harper's the face, whatever you want to say. Right. This is going to be the voice here. Yeah. This is going to yeah. be the guy that you turn on the news and they're talking to Geo. Geo's yeah. going to be the guy that's there. Yeah, uh, the, definitely. I agree with that. The, the ladies' night stuff that goes yeah. back when they bring a player, they're going to bring Geo yeah. because Geo's the guy that's not going to be quiet and reserved and going through all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah, and then, um, you know, getting back to our notes here. Uh, the, oh, uh, hey, we got those. With the, um, the Nationals, they're missing some guys. Uh, Michael Morris didn't start the season with the team. Uh, and now Zimmerman is day-to-day. So that makes it that much better that Adam LaRoche. Adam LaRoche, I love this guy. What can I say? Um, I, you know, I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed him since he got here. Can I, I mean, say I'm glad we didn't cut this guy? Go ahead. After that day at go, Ripley? Yeah, mean, yeah, that whole it, day it, it, where it, he struck out four times, yeah. and then the next day where he just ripped the cover off the ball? Yeah, no, it's a good thing we didn't cut him. Uh, I mean, but, but we should have traded him in the offseason for a bag of balls, right? Yeah, we should have. You know, I would have been happy. He, he has to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd have been happy with a bag of bologna. I mean, just we saying. could have put Morris at first base. Yeah, yeah, you know, mm. But oh, we, need to, we haven't stuffed him with bacon yet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no. So three thirteen four uh, three thirteen batting average, four oh three on base percentage. Four oh three on base percentage is pretty awesome, just by the way. And a uh, four seventy eight slugging. 
He's got a couple of home runs. Decent, you know, five five doubles. I mean, you're hit. You're hitting for some power. Yeah, he's going to strike out, but you know, a power guy is going to strike out. Well, speaking about strikeouts, he's right on his career yeah, average. Yeah. I mean, it's not like um, what you'll see with a lot of small sample size stuff, uh, or especially beginning of the year, or when you're only looking at certain pieces. Is that uh, I mean, the best thing you want is strikeouts to be out, walks to be up. Um, but what you'll find with a lot of those when you're looking at certain periods is that strikeouts will be way down, walks will be way up. Yeah. And then they're also, you know, tearing the cover off the ball and getting lucky with uh, their batting average on balls in play. I, I find it interesting, too, that, like, I mean, you know, he does he does seem to be walking more this year. He's, got, he's 13 as opposed to his career 9.5. I mean, maybe that'll equal out eventually, but... It'll come down a little bit, but 3.5%. That's not a lot, but... Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's still nice, though. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, he's getting on base. He's not making outs. You know, and he's the making other two things guys, happen. the other two players that are carrying the Nationals offense are Ian Desmond and Jason Worth. Yeah, you know, everybody wrote Ian Desmond off. Uh, well, everybody writes Ian Desmond off. How many times was he traded this offseason? Uh, Multiple. Yeah. So, Multiple. anyway, but, I mean, you know, so... Given he doesn't he doesn't draw a lot of walks, but he drew two I think last night. He did. Yeah. No. And I mean, so maybe you know he's been hitting well. Which he'll is, which, take a walk if a pitcher gives it to him. Right. He's not gonna he's not gonna swing at terrible pitches. But I mean, and how about how he's been playing shortstop? I mean, he's been he's been doing a great job. One of the errors he's got two errors this season. One error that he's got is complete bogus I as far as errors that, go. That TJ and I got in a discussion with someone on Twitter about Desmond and his errors and all that. And we pointed out how he's made two errors on the year, and one of them was bogus. It couldn't have been one. <laughs> was, was the umpire's yeah. error. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the guy, his basic point was, I still don't like Desmond because of, because he just doesn't like Desmond, I, which is kind of a weird point. I think that... I like baseball players who help my team succeed. I think that's <laughs> everybody's thought, though. I think just like with LaRoche, where he hadn't contributed... So he got a bad rap and automatically was, oh, this guy's awful. I think Desmond has fallen into the same thing where he fell into the sophomore slump, didn't had a good, I believe he started good offensively, ended poor offensively, started poor defensively, got good defensively. They switched last year. Um, But to to sorry to wrap up that point. I, th- I think that's what it is, is that people are just like, it's a bad, I just don't like this guy. It's a bad first impression, <laughs> is what it is. Well, his first impression was fairly good. Well, well, he, was, he was a wall banger. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, you know, and, you know, but baseball people know, you know, take it with a grain of salt what a guy does in September. Well, you should probably take it with a grain of salt what a guy does in his second year, too. Well, There's another guy in I the agree. NL East, Jason Hayward, is off to a fairly hot start as well, and he had a Terrible year. Last he was written year. off Jason for dead after last after last year. Never never write off someone after their second year. Their second year, if you look at any player, if you pull up any player, and their second year is more often than not the worst year of their career. You know, it'd be interesting. I wonder if you ask the guy who said he doesn't like Desmond, if you ask him what he thought about Jason Hayward, I wonder what he'd say. It only the it's what's going to happen. He doesn't watch him every day. He doesn't watch him, and the the. Only person that's going to have an inkling about that is a person that plays fantasy baseball. Yeah. And what did he do for your fantasy team last year? He killed you because people drafted him in, you know, first, second round thinking he's going to be a stud. 
and was terrible. Yeah. And that's what their impression is going to be, is that he's awful. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can even do that. Hmm. Because, you know, you look, the, the people you'd have to ask is Braves fans who watch the Braves. And you're asking Nationals fans about Desmond, and people are going to just like whoever they feel hurt their team and they need to get rid of and trade away for whatever they can get. And, you know, Desmond is that guy for the Nationals. And Hayward, people wanted to replace him with Costanza, with Jorge Costanza. George Costanza? Racist. His actual name, I think, is Jose Costanza. I think mean, it's Constanza, C-O-N. You're both racist. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't see that? Who sees that name and doesn't think? Arriba. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not here. So. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But, you know, um, we have been at this for probably about an hour now. Which it's weird. to talk about. Harper Corner. Right? Yeah. It's Harper Corner. Wow, we made it an hour and 20 minutes before bringing up this kid's name. I actually, I think he came up in passing earlier, yeah. but yeah. that doesn't yeah. really count. Yeah. He finally hit his first home run at AAA. He's, Trade him. He's had his poor stretch might be over now. And he's starting to turn into Trey Harper again. Trade him. He can't hit in AAA. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know where you are now. Trade him. But, Trade uh, him. He's ruining my fantasy baseball team. I don't think they have AAA fantasy teams. Shut up. But, uh, <laughs> you got to ruin with the logic. Not according to the guy who called in. Oh, yeah. During our mm. second week. But, um, yeah, I mean, he struggled through 13 He's picked it up. I believe we're through 18. They were playing a game this afternoon, so I don't have those numbers to it. But through last night, uh, 239, 311, 373, definitely not what uh, we'd like to see, but there's only so much you can pick it up in five can I, games. Can I ask you guys something? I really hate the word struggled in baseball if it's not over the period of, like, 30 games. Well, let's let's put that in quotation marks. He's going through his struggle. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like 13 games where he struggled – He's, okay, he's getting singles. Yes, singles aren't home runs. They're not long dingers, but... He's not walking either. He's just not getting on base. Yeah, he just wasn't on but base. I, I mean, the kid's going to hit home runs. Okay? He is. He's going to be... Like I said, he hit his last home run in AAA, then he, sprained his, you know, then he strained his hamstring. Life is, life is over. Like I Joe Saunders. Eventually, these guys wake up, they look in the mirror, and they go, oh, wait, I'm this guy. Now I'm going to go kill people. And that's what they do. That's what the good players do. The bad players wake up and they go and they look in the mirror and they say, oh, crap, I'm doomed. And that's just what happens eventually in baseball. You are who you are. Wait for it. I'd give it another week to ten days, and we're going to start seeing the stories of Bryce Harper's, you know, ten for his last 18. Oh, yeah. And his his average is going to come up. Everything's going to come up. He learns at a really fast rate, which is interesting. His I mean, learning curve is it, Yeah, short. no, it's, it's impressive. And so, people are going to say, well, now he's ready for the majors. And, I mean, oh, yeah, we'll they're going to talk about this, that this, uh, in the May. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why isn't he here yet? Yeah. But here, a player that could be here by that time. Tyler Moore. Tyler Moore. Cool. Uh, uh, it's exciting. Let's Look, be honest. Looking at his numbers. If Zim's DL, he has to be the call. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, because you need more, offense more than anything. We need pop. 
And if there's a space that we can use, it, it's left field where we have gotten mm. absolutely nothing out of it. And, you know, we said it last last week, I want to say, it's like the team might have been making a statement. They said, hey, guess what? You're going to be starting in left field tonight, kid. Well, <laughs> hey, we don't know how the game went this afternoon, but um, I asked Byron Kerr before the game how he's been playing left field. He said he's made two catches. Hasn't had many chances. Yeah. So, and so sounds like a pretty good left fielder to me. Um, <laughs> you know, part of – you know, left field that I think it's a bit is not on the catches, but on the the hits. How you corral? Yeah, no, that's hit. definitely true. I, I don't know if you remember watching Dunn run into the corner and try to dig a ball out from under the fence and turning a uh, double into a triple. God. But he did that routinely. And that's uh, quite annoying. Yeah. <laughs> now let's uh, let's go over his numbers. It was too. quite annoying. <laughs> Through last night, he's uh, he's hitting 299. He's getting on base at a 360 clip, um, slugging 597. So an OPS 957 sitting at right now. Um, awesome. His uh, his walks are up uh, at a at a reasonable rate. He's sitting at 9.3 uh, when his career average is about seven. Um, his K's are just a tick down. Uh, he's just under 23, and his career's a 23 and a half. Uh, right now, um, on pace for 45 home runs, which, granted, he's not going to hit that in the majors, but if he hits 25 at a left field, or if he hits 30, say, yeah, 20, well, 30. during the point that Morse is out, so he hits 12. Okay. In the in the, I'm putting Morse at 10 weeks. That's what okay. I put him at. Yeah, yeah. So 10 weeks out. Um, he hits 12 home runs. Okay. That's that's not bad, yeah. Think of what we're getting from left field right now. We have DeRosa, who can't hit his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> we have Nady, who is god-awful in the field. Yeah. Left field, at least, which is odd. Um, Roger Bernardino. Roger Bernardino, who can't hit. Uh, he, he can't, can't hit. He can play left field, but he can't hit. We and need to... We need to... Uh, Nady was extremely aided. His numbers are... Fairly pumped up with that one home run of his. Yes, and, uh, and I believe gift. I believe that was a that was the assist. Yes. on the tip end. Yeah. Yeah. Now people freak out when you mention Tyler Moore in left field. They're like, oh, he's a first baseman. You can't put him in left field. Shelly Duncan is playing left field for the Indians. And there's a there's a Marlins left fielder who <laughs> played first, first base? baseman all the way yeah. through the minors. What's the kid's name? Logan Morris. There Logan we go. Morrison. Chris Coughlin's in center field, isn't he? He's on the bench. Okay. He, <laughs> he, played, he played left field for – he played in the outfield for a little while. He, he was a left fielder his rookie year. He won rookie of the year. He was a yeah. very good leadoff hitter. And then I don't know what the happened to him. He had a sophomore slump. Oh, he remembered he was Chris Coughlin. No, he had a sophomore slump, and the Marlins did the worst thing they possibly could do. They gave up on him. Hmm. See, this is what I'm trying to tell people. Is in a guy's Espinosa is probably not going to be very good this year for the whole year, and people are going to be calling for Lombardozzi to start, and they're going. It's yeah. not the right move. Don't give up on him. Let him have his third year. And this is why uh, the organization has been so patient with Ian Desmond too, because, well, well the, the be, baseball front office knows better. Let's be honest. The the athlete psyche, as I mean, as big as the alpha male, and you know the big guy attitude that all of these guys has and needs to succeed on the field fragile that if it, i mean you start going 
oh, you're not doing so hot. We're we're shipping you back to AAA yeah, to no, find your swing. And <laughs> once you once you start taking the bus back and forth, your yeah. ego your ego gets. Yeah, look at look at Jeff Francoeur, the uh, the Braves sent him to that the minors. That is a fantastic example. He was never, you know, he was never a real, you know, he was what he was. But they, they thought he was a stud way too early and right. gave him that extension. But and they sent him to the minors, and then he came back and he was never productive again for the Braves. They sent him to the Mets. He got his confidence built up. He went with hot a uh, year and a half. Then the Mets were like, oh yeah, go on to the bench. You're cold now. And then he uh, ended up on the Royals and refound his swing, has confidence, and and people still don't like that he strikes out too much and he doesn't have, he doesn't take a lot of walks. But there's room in baseball for players like that. You never want them to be the best player on your team. You probably want them to bat seven. He's more but, of a complimentary hitter yeah, if he's yeah. anything. And I mean, you need complimentary hitters in baseball. If you got a guy who's hitting 271 the, behind the, a guy who's hitting. 291. To use a basketball I mean, term, you, you need the role players. Right. You need the the guy who's decent with the glove and doesn't kill you in the in the lineup. Right. But uh, Dave, you actually you brought up Lombardozzi, <laughs> and I want to hammer this point home. Uh, a Lombardozzi has no business starting every day in one position. He is at his most valuable when you can move him around. Yep. When he's spelling the infield, so when he gives Zim a day off. Desmond a day off, uh, Espinoza a day off, and then can even, I mean, if we absolutely need him to, he can play a day in left field. He's going to get four, two, five starts a week, but it's going to be in four, three to four different positions because these guys are going to need days off there. And with how he hits, uh, we may be losing some defensively, especially at shortstop. Um his arm is definitely not what Desmond's is. Yeah. Uh, and his range isn't quite there either. My first thought, actually, during that Jackson game, yeah. that first yeah, play that that, went, that Desmond would have had that ball. That's exactly what I thought. That was and my first I was with thought. I was with a friend, and the only thing that happened was he got those words out before I did. I was like, you know, I thought the exact same thing. Desmond has that ball, but you know what? That that's not a discredit to Lombardozzi. He's no. still a very good fielder. It's just, uh, I mean. I'm not going to be able to feel like Lombardozzi can. Everybody has their limit. If he gets to a ball, he's feeling it. Right. Yeah. It's just getting there. That's his sort of yeah. trouble at, at shortstop. And, and third base is the trouble is throwing the ball to first, which we saw he sort of does the Jerry Harrison Jr. thing where he sort of runs across towards the pitcher's mound to throw the ball. And even so, he still does a pretty good job at third. I mean, I think probably his best. I mean, you know, watching him last year, he did his best at second base. Yeah. Uh, second well, he's, base a, he's a true team. second baseman. Isn't yeah. He? He, yeah. Yeah, he's true second baseman. I mean, you can see that in the way he plays. I mean, he's definitely a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it, you know, that four-hit game, that was a lot of fun. That was just – that. I mean, that was what you wanted to see out of him. You but know? that's also – granted, he's not going to get four hits. He's not going to get four hits in, every night. But. but that's what you want to see. You want to see decent defense, and you want to see – good enough offense that you don't miss that player that you're like, God, we really should have right, started right. tonight. Or, God, we really should have yeah, started yeah. tonight. I mean, you know, look at look at who we had in the past. You know, you give Ian Desmond a night off to start uh, Alberto Gonzalez. He was good with the glove, but he couldn't hit, you know. Or uh, <laughs> give uh, – Alex Cora. Yeah, give Alex Yikes. Cora. I mean – Reliable with the glove, we'll just go there. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest point I wanted to make is that if you for those of you thinking that Lombardozzi is the answer in left field, he's not just he, because he's he's so much more versatile than that. And then we don't have that. You We have DeRosa who can play everywhere, but right now he's not hitting. I feel like the, the biggest reason he started in the outfield at all in spring training was to make sure he could do it. And uh, the reason I say that is because uh, Davey Johnson said, hey, Lombo, when you, when you get a catch in the outfield, you're finally an outfielder. That game, he actually got a catch in left field, and everybody was all smiles. I think that was the only catch he made in left field, and when he had to make it in left field. But I don't remember. But, um, I mean, you know, just the fact that he can do it if they need him to. It's not He's the answer to that. Yeah. Well, I, I think we've beaten that dead horse enough. Yes. Um, one guy we talked about last week, I, I hate to keep bringing up the same guys, but, I mean, they're they're doing well consistently. Um, Corey Brown still hot at the plate, uh, 271, getting on base with a 400 clip. Um, and he's he's hitting the ball well, too, with you know, an OPS of 843. Well, I think, uh, I think what the organization will be looking for with Corey Brown is to see where he levels out and see if he stays consistent. Um, I, I love Corey Brown. I like the concept of Corey Brown. I want to see what he can do. I would like to see him make the major league squad. I think it would be interesting to see what he has to provide. I'd love to watch him play in the field. I've never actually watched him play in the field. You know, I'd like to see his defense. Um, and I'd like to see him hit, uh, the, uh, the things that worry me about him, um, K rate, walk rate, mm-hmm. uh, walk rate, uh, it's about five percent up. That's on that's on the fringe of being a, a little high. Um, K rate is way down. Uh, he's a career twenty seven percent strikeout guy. He's currently at fifteen point three. Um, so unless he just suddenly woke up this off season with an immense understanding of what the strike zone is, and you know maybe maybe those numbers do change like. Uh... I mean, obviously, a fifteen point three percent K rate with the normally career twenty seven percent. That's gonna that's gonna go back up. Uh, I think the best use for a guy like Corey Brown this year is when you get to around July thirty first, and the Nationals maybe they still need a right handed bat off the bench, and they look at a team like Milwaukee, who's floundering, and they have a Ramos Ramirez on. A relative. What, what's his deal? Is it a short deal? I don't know. I don't want him. Okay. I don't want him at all. <laughs> I know you don't even want him as a right-handed man. No, no. I don't. I don't want him in the uniform. Okay. Well, then they look at us. We'll go to a different. Strong team. feelings <laughs> up in here in the citizens. Don't really like in the citizens hall. All right. Strong feelings in the hall of the citizens is always quite fun. Now you could do something kind of funny. I think you could go to a. Uh, the twins, and you could trade Corey Brown for Josh Willingham. Which <laughs> Although then he's an expensive bench back. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that would be weird. Three years at twenty five. Um, um, thirty years old. Yeah, true. And I mean, I, he he he's hit a lot of home runs since he. Our our here's it. Um, Billy Butler. Uh, what what did they call him? Country something with the uh, there was an article on ESPN today about nicknames. Yeah, like country. 
Picnic countries, something country and food. I forget what the the pairing was, but it was it was somewhat awkward. Um, but actually, uh, going back to to Corey Brown for just a second, something interesting. His uh, granted his his K's are way down, walks are barely up. His OPS isn't that far off from his career average. Uh, he's he's at 8.43. His minor league career, he's an 829 guy. Um, now, I know there's an infinitely large gap between AAA and the major leagues, um, but any guesses as to the center fielders who have an OPS over 830 or had an OPS over 830 in, in 2011 in the majors? I don't think Kemp? I could ever guess. Kemp? Um, I'm going to Granderson. Granderson. Ellsbury. There we go. There's two more. Um, Victorino. Absolutely. He's not playing center field anymore. Not playing center field anymore. They're worried about him getting hurt. Mm. He has an injury history. Doesn't like champagne, or maybe he does. Occasionally. Can't get down. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> yes. I thought that one might. Get I know. I'm trying to think of center fielder because he doesn't. He doesn't play anymore. Right. And he doesn't. He doesn't play that often to begin with. And uh, but let's for fun because it is fun. Let's look at the NLE standings. Oh God. <laughs> you got the 14 and four. Just one. masturbating the mirror here. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's alone time, Matt. <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got one. <laughs> you got the 14 and 4 Washington Nationals with the Atlanta Braves at 12 and 7 breathing down their necks. Then you have the Mets, who are surprisingly better than everyone thought at 11 and 8. I think most people thought. They would get their 11th win sometime in June. Oh, I kind of like that. I feel like yeah. uh, I, then, I don't like successful Mets, but uh, I like that they're not as terrible. Well, as I like that they're in front of the Philadelphia Phillies. Me too. Yeah. Who are 9-10. and 10, And the Miami Marlins, bringing up the rear seven games back of the Nationals at 7-11. and 11. So how about the... Uh, yes, I forgot to silence my cell phone. <laughs> You're rude, sir. But... Uh, we uh the the Miami Marlins they brought in Heath Bell Ooh. to fix their bullpen. Ooh, how good has job. that gone? Great. Did you well. see their blown saves the other day? I don't know what day? you're talking about. Blown saves are a good stat. Yes, they're an excellent <laughs> stat. Uh, <laughs> we get to talk about them. But they had a game the other day. This wasn't all Heath Bell, but they brought in four different relievers who walked four guys in a row, end up walking in the tying run against the Mets. Mm. Then today, Heath Bell came in and again walked in the tying run. Good job, Heath. Uh, Heath Bell has not done well this year. An ERA of 7.2. In five innings, he's given up eight hits, four four earned runs, six runs total. Uh, The walks are really what he's doing is bad. Three walks, five More today. Uh, yeah, that's only true last night. <laughs> yeah. 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 Today it's gonna look worse tomorrow, and uh, ooh, ooh, 
What? Hits what? per nine are in double digits. Oh. <laughs> that is no. not good. No. That is... 14.4? Yes, because walks wow. per nine are 5.4. Walks per nine? 5. Yes, 5.4. Again, this is going to all look wow. worse tomorrow. What are you sitting at? It's, it's very, plus. very non-national-esque. Oh. Look at, ooh, 2.2, yeah. I wouldn't say that because before last night, Gorzolani's was in the twos. Yeah. <laughs> I hey, did those numbers quiet yesterday. Down. And, and quiet, quiet, <laughs> quiet, quiet, quiet. Go back look, to your corner. You look at uh, Heath Bell, and he was brought in to anchor the Marlins bullpen. And he's done anything but anchor their bullpen. Well, he's anchored it for mediocrity. Yes. Well, I think he's them in a different sense, but he's <laughs> drowning them currently. Yeah. So, well, and it, they, they, I thought they could breathe underwater. They have. Well, they <laughs> are fish, fish right? right? They are fish. They have. If he goes, if they put him on a DL for being ineffective, um, their options are Ryan Webb, Mike Dunn, and Shad Godon to be their closer. Hasn't Mike Dunn been pretty good? Mike Dunn is not good, no. Okay. He was before. I don't think he's been good this year. Oh, okay. Well, that's life. That's lovely. Two years ago, I think he was good. He was good. I remember him before. kicking our asses a couple of times. I remember. Uh, I remember Adam Dunn hitting a long home run off of him. I do remember that. Um, because I remember someone said it was done on done violence. Um, uh, but uh, those the those are those are hockey scores. Yeah. Are, okay. Yeah. Looks like we get the the you Rangers. Play the Rangers. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just the Marlins made all those moves. They were the talk of baseball during the off season, and they just haven't performed. I like how there was the talk of baseball, and the Nationals were eh, until they finally signed Edwin Jackson or. You know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. That's yeah, why. That's why I like it. I'm serious when I say I like that because it's like okay. Because the Marlins well, were over that that sneaky trendy See, thing. But I don't think what anybody realizes is that when they made those uniforms, they were trying to dress up some clowns. No, but they were just missing the makeup. My my <laughs> theory has always been that that sneaky, you know, that sneaky trendy pick. You're trying to suck. You're awful. It doesn't in football. It doesn't in baseball. Well, if you look that. Dark horse that they talk about. Oh, you got to watch out for this team. They're going to be, you know, they're going to yeah. be there at the end. Yeah. You can count on a losing record. Because in yeah. 2011, it was the Oakland A's. Wow. In 2010, it was the Seattle Mariners. In football, how many times have the 49ers been that pick before last year? The Buccaneers are normally that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, too. But if, you know, you look at the moves the Marlins made, and I said this when they made the moves, I have a blog post to prove it with a stamp. Um, but they have, uh, they, they, they signed Burley who had the same war essentially as, uh, Javi Vasquez who they lost. So they replaced Vasquez with Burley. Then they got Bell who replaced, uh, the, the closer formerly known as Leo Nunez. Is he still, where is he? He is not allowed in the country. Oh, okay. Uh, He could not get a visa. That sucks. Um, and then they got Jose Reyes, who was an upgrade. It would have, but then they had to move Hanley to third, and it's an old sort of eventually thing they'll there. break even. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that's the real improvement. But what they were improving on was a seventy-something win team. So they sort of improved themselves up to the ceiling of eighty wins, not the hundred-some wins people were predicting. 
And then they get Ozzy Guillen, who, well, he used four pitchers the other day to walk four guys. That's good managing. That is what he does. He just is a he's a nutcase. He is a nutcase. And, I mean, maybe it was the, you know, swooning over Fidel Castro that gave it away. But, I mean, I, yeah. You know, people are crazy about this guy. I don't get it. People like this guy as a manager. I've okay, ne- I've never seen the upside of that. Guy. I, I feel like you can be lucky and lead a team to the World Series. And well, I feel like that, that's what Ozzy Guillen if, was. If you look at what happened that year with the White Sox, all you have to do is look at the actual World Series to see the microcosm of it. They had four complete game shutouts in a row. Yeah. That is absurd. I mean, and that's that that that's basically that that's how good the pitching was. John Garland had the best year of his career. Burley had the best year of his career. El Duque, one of the best years of his career. And again, Javier Vasquez, best year of his career. Well, we are uh, we're starting to wind down here. I got one more thing. Um, Monday, uh, one of the all-time greats, uh, arguably, uh, you know, top top two. Uh, catchers of all time. Uh, Bud Rodriguez hung it up. Uh, obviously a former Nat. Um, and my my big question here is they they got a quote from Rizzo, and obviously the question was asked is, you know, are you looking are you looking to bring him back as a coach or you know what he what kind of doors no, are opening? Yeah. And he says there aren't any openings for coaches. Why aren't we making a damn opening? Probably Rizzo was saying it because uh, Texas already signed him to be a coach. Really? I mean, it's not official yet, but I'm guessing that he retired as a Ranger. He 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 he's going in the Hall of Fame as a Ranger. They already have Nolan Ryan there working for him. They're gonna add him. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, I, agree I think with that's that. just how. I think uh, what Rizzo did in sending the thank you letter to Pudge was yeah. very, you know, that was that was a great move on the Nationals' behalf, you know, because yeah. Pudge, he didn't he didn't exactly have the best offensive numbers while he was with us, but man, he was fun to watch. Watching him throw a missile to second base. My I mean, favorite my favorite Pudge moment was when Miguel Batista was on the mound <laughs> and he he walked the leadoff hitter. And Pudge gets up and he throws a ninety five mile an hour strike in Miguel Batista's face. And then just get right back down in the crouch. Miguel Batista didn't throw another ball. Yeah. No, he he knew how to command respect from his pitchers, and that was interesting. I guess what my issue here is is I mean, even if that's the case that he's going to Texas and Rizzo knows that he's going to Texas, um, is if I were Rizzo and looking to command the goodwill of the fans, is I would come out and say, um, I'm pretty sure he's already got a deal. Not even if he signed it or anything, but I I have. I have it on good authority that he's going to be in the Texas organization sometime soon. I feel like you don't say stuff like that, though. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I feel like at the most you'd say something like, well, we'd love to give him a job. I mean, and, and that's a generic response. He could have said that, in all honesty. I don't know why I think Rizzo's just – he's honest to a fault at times. Agreed. Agreed. I think, if you, you know, you, you ask him about players, and he'll tell you exactly what he thinks about them. He won't sugarcoat it, and that's probably why, you know. I mean, you know, a fine example is the Jim Riggleman situation. Jim Riggleman said, I want a, I want an extension. Rizzo said, okay. 
<laughs> and then and then Jim Ruggleman goes, No, I want it now. He goes, Okay. And then he said, I'm gonna leave if I'm gonna leave if I don't get it tonight. Okay. <laughs> you know? I mean that's that's Mike Rizzo. He's just he's he sees value in whoever he has. And that person has value as much that person has a certain amount of value and nothing more. Anybody. And if they attempt to exceed that level of value, then tough. You know, but I'm not saying that uh, that he couldn't have given, you know, Pudge a nod in the right way. But at the same time, like Dave said, he's honest to a fault where he's just like, eh. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I think what the Nationals have right now when you're talking about their coaching staff is Davey Johnson is going to be here for this year, maybe next year, and they very much – the next manager is on that coaching staff. It's either Trent Hewitt, Bo Porter, or Randy Noah. But think about what Johnson was before he was the manager. He was a, he was a special advisor guy, yeah. to, you know, one of those guys with 18 it's kind of words funny. before they're actually it, it was kind of fun. It was kind of funny to me when it was like, he's coming out of the front office to be manager. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I knew about Davey Johnson, but still, it's kind of funny to think, well – Coming out of the front office, he was sipping coffee nine to five. Now he's <laughs> now he's sitting in the dugout, which passes bedtime. <laughs> makes me wonder what kind of leverage Riggleman would have had had Johnson not been in that position. Well, and you know you, that I mean, whole, that whole situation. The what if game now, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, this this is this is all in good sport at I this think, point. But yeah, I think it, it, the whole situation. was never going to change the fact that he was Jim Riggleman. No. He's not really a guy. I think Joe Posnanski had the article about it, and he said, what was wrong with did Jim Riggleman forget he was Jim Riggleman when he made this ultimatum? I mean, you, you, know, you can make this ultimatum if you're Bobby Cox, if you're Joe Torre, if you're Tony La Russa. But if you're Jim Riggleman, you can't do that. Well, he, he got a bit too big for his britches. He really did. And, I mean, you know, he should have just been smart about it and at least let his contract play out. Uh, but he didn't do that. And I mean, you know, he only, the only thing he did was inspire the ire of the DC sports fans, which oh, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I think that it just, it made me mad. It still makes me mad. That team was on such a roll. Yeah. And, then, and all he did was become a distraction. I, and then just, it, it forced, I mean, Davey Johnson had to come yeah. in and learn the players and, it took him a while to get to know the players, and then once he did, they started rolling. I remember, yeah, no, I mean, I remember it too because it was after the walk-off sack fly against the Mariners mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Lance Nix. Walk-off sack fly, and then he quit. I remember. <laughs> I got yeah, like looking on Twitter, like right after that game, and Jim Riggleman will not be getting on the bus. Like, wait, what happened? I was walking in my car. I was at the game. I was walking in my car. My friend texted me and said. Jim Ringelman just, and I read it, resigned. Yeah, no, I thought. <laughs> and, I, and I go, oh, sh- I don't want him back. That was my response. Why did he resign? What is wrong with this organization resigning him? And then I got in the car and listened to resigned, and then I was like, what's wrong with him with walking on the team? Well, no, I mean, like I said, he should have just been smart about it and just let his contract play out, because then, you know, he wouldn't have looked so stupid, you know? And, I mean, it would have at least been like, hey, you did all right for us, Riggs. Pat on the back. Take care. Enjoy uh, managing uh, trip, some other team. What was it? Double A? Managing yeah, double well, A. Well, maybe he would have, if he had stuck with the Nationals, finished above 500, maybe Mike Matheny wouldn't be the manager of the Cardinals right now. 
Yeah, I mean, True. you would. They said it from the start that it would be he'd be hard pressed to manage a, a major league team after, after just basically walking out playing saying, a stunt like that. Yeah, because yeah. he, he he walked. Out. I think the the worst thing he did was walk out on the players. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that's that's just a little bit cold. That's bad. Well, uh, we are coming down. We've actually gotten into the last eight minutes here, wow. so. Uh, some uh, some quick final thoughts, and we'll get out of here. We successfully did not shut up for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, we didn't take a break at all. <laughs> no, we were very good uh, really at not, not shutting up today. Yeah, that was interesting. Oh no, good talk. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, excited to see what Jackson does tonight. I hope we see a bounce back performance. Maybe good six innings. I think we uh, get some coffee. <laughs> no, for me, thanks. Jeez. Anyway, um, but. Uh, Hopefully Zimmerman comes back sooner rather than later. And uh, let's hope the the pitching keeps up what it's been doing. And uh, if Zimmerman isn't back by a couple days from now, hey, I'm excited to see Tyler Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, with Brandon Inge getting uh, released by the Tigers. I looked up his stats, which are not good. Um, if you no, actually no, think not. <laughs> that you want the Nationals to sign Brandon Inge, uh, look at his stats and no, that dream no, will quickly no. shatter. I think it was 2010 when I thought Brandon Inge was good. Then I looked at his numbers and said, no, he's not. Yeah, but um, because he went to VCU, I was looking at Major League Baseball players from Virginia today. And there is a player who's from Virginia who played for the Washington Centers, and his name was Soup Campbell. What? What? <laughs> wow. His name was Soup Campbell. Soup Campbell. Yeah. Please tell me that's a nickname. <laughs> that is. That, I don't know. That, uh, uh, you know what? I hope it's not a nickname. I hope that's a given name. My uh, name is Soup Campbell. Virginia has one Hall of Famer, uh, Espo Rigsy. What's wrong with this state? I just these names are amazing. Um, I don't know why more people don't know about Soup Campbell. It's got to be one of the best names in baseball history. In baseball lore. Say yeah. the word lore. <laughs> lore. Soup Campbell. Soup Campbell. Um, I'm looking here. Are you? Uh, Zimmerman swung. Still feels the same. Uh. Tomac says he expressed some frustration. Uh, looking to go get a quarter zone shot tomorrow. I like how the first uh, one missed, by the way. That? That, the, he got the he already had a quarter zone shot. Um, yeah, that's not really good for a joint to have, especially that that close in time period. Uh, well, yeah, really not again, good. I say, hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm the national pitch. Uh, the apparently, national he's going to a third party. Oh, I would tomorrow. hope so. I would hope so. So, uh, yeah. Um, my I feel bad. like I feel like a retarded monkey with a with a blindfold could probably locate his joints better than the team doctor for the Nationals. Uh, but anyway, my bet is uh, I mean he's most likely going on the DL. Uh, it's retroactive Uh-oh. to last Saturday. Yes. Um, so last that's, Friday actually he played on Friday. Not playing on Saturday. So that's the twentieth. Fifteen days from there is the fifth. fifth? Yes, the no. Phillies series. Okay, so uh, the the end of this week, mm-hmm. next week. Yes, the end of next week. Um, I mean, not terrible. I I do very well think that uh, Moore gets the call because right now they don't have to they don't have to cut anybody. Yeah. <laughs> if Zim's going to the DL, they can give him a 
a week to 10 day well, tryout, be, however long it takes for know, him to come back. You don't get a quarter zone shot if you're not going to play. You normally get the quarter zone shot so you can play. Yeah, but if they want to let it rest and let the inflammation uh, kind of work itself out and not aggravate it, they, they very well may put him on the DL, especially if they're only going to lose him for a week. Um, that seems like the best. If he had played yesterday and was going for a quarter zone shot, he'd be playing through it. But I think with only losing him for a week, having a travel day in between here too, so you're losing him for, uh, what, eight games? Yeah. You're losing him for the uh, the not even eight games. Well, I think it's right at eight. Seven, about seven. Seven. So, yeah, I mean, no, there's, uh, he's going on – with a 90% of surety, I would say he's going on a DL, um, and he'll be back either for the Phillies series or shortly afterwards. Um, look for – I would definitely say look for Tyler Moore to get the call. Um, with that, I want to thank Creative House for the help for the logo. Uh, thank the Isotopes for letting us use their music for our intro and our outro. You can follow them at the Isotopes. You can follow me at Sultan underscore of underscore stat. You can follow Matt at SodaPop6548. You can follow Dave at David Huzzard. And you can always follow the show at Sits of Natstown. Uh, that Nats fan is your citizens of Natstown for Thursday, April 26th. Uh, until next week, we are Ghost.